But you know, aesthetic medicine is cash pay, and people want it to work every time. They're not sick. And so I used to, to say to pharma CEOs all the time, because they kind of laughed about aesthetic medicine, I said, our standard's higher. If you have a, you know, a drug that works 30% of the time, um, it gets approved, and it's a, it could be a blockbuster. You can't have a, an aesthetic drug that works 30% of the time. You'll, get, you, you'll piss off 70% of your patients. They'll never come back. Um, and so, you know, we have very high standards in this industry. So uh, I'm super excited about where the science is leading us. Um, it's, it's great to see that uh, really come to the forefront more than it ever has. Um, and the market will just continue to expand and grow if we all do our jobs to, to continue to promote real innovation and real science in this industry. Well, Brent Sanders is our keynote speaker here in this fireside chat. This is a fire here behind me. And um, as you all know, Brent is the executive chairman of the Beauty Health Company. He also was the first speaker at our first uh, AIS in 2018. I remember. And in those days, he was running a little company called uh, Allergan, I think, wasn't it? I believe that was right, yeah. I'm pretty sure that yeah. was it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you acquired Allergan when you were running Activist, right? So, that is correct. So Activist, Allergan. It actually started Forest Activist, Forest. Allergan. There you and go. We had three names, yeah. Yeah. And then you took a little time off. Yeah. And then you started this other little company. And then you bought Hydrofacial. That's right. Right? Well, before we get to the beauty company and Hydrofacial, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? We're here doing a Technology of Beauty look-alike show. We're being recorded, and this will be played. Many of you have seen the Technology of Beauty, and many of you have been on the Technology of Beauty. You can see it uh, on YouTube, and we have a booth out here, and we're filming. And if any of you would like to be on the Technology of Beauty, we're, we're doing that all day and uh, into the evening tonight. And this will be on YouTube, this interview with Brent. So I'd like to get to know you a little bit. Where are you from? And tell us a little bit before we get into your professional background. Absolutely. First, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, great to be back in person. Thank you, Craig. Um, thank you, Grant. Um, the, the Technology of Beauty is a great uh, podcast. I enjoy it. I've always wanted to be on it, but it has a very West Coast bias. You have to be on the West Coast to be on it. So, <laughs> and I'm an East Coaster. so I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, so this is a, this is a, uh, this is a great opportunity to be on the, on, on the podcast, so I'm honored. Um, so I'm, I, I grew up, uh, real quick, I grew up in Pennsylvania, uh, outside of uh, a town called Allentown. So I grew up in a farming community, more or less. Um, went through the Pennsylvania State School System for college and graduate school, both law school and business school. Uh, then was a consultant and a partner at Pricewaterhouse Consulting. And then went to a pharmaceutical company who was a client of mine, Shearing Plow, um, a long time ago. And uh, really... Uh, developed my, most of my business uh, early experience at, at Shearing Plow, working for a guy named Fred Hassan, who was a mentor to me and is an amazing man. I'm having lunch with him, I think, in a week, so I still stay in touch with him, uh, which uh, I think proves the value of mentorship uh, because I still reach out to him. And, uh, you know, from there, did a lot of interesting things. Was CEO of Bausch & Lomb. Uh, it was a go-private with a private equity firm in New York um, and then sold that to Valiant, and that became then Bausch Health today. Uh, then went to Forest and merged that with Activist, Activist with Allergan, and uh, uh, we wound up uh, having a, a really great transaction with, with uh, AbbVie uh, almost two years ago now. Um, and 
It uh, did what everybody else did who was bored in a pandemic and a lockdown. Um, uh, <laughs> I did a SPAC uh, <laughs> uh, from my, my, my house in, in Miami and uh, uh, worked out very successfully. And we wound up uh, acquiring the uh, Hydrofacial and renaming it Beauty Health. And you got to meet Andrew, our, our amazing new CEO. Uh, at the previous panel, so it's uh, it's been fun, and now I'm just doing some boards and investing and trying to figure out what to do. So tell us a little bit more about Hydrofacial. Yeah, so Hydrofacial, um, you know, it was a it was a brand, it was a service that I had always admired when we were at Allergan. We we always kept an eye on it. Um, it's uh, it it it's you know kind of a democratization of of aesthetics. It's a good entry point. Um, for people coming into the aesthetics market because it's uh, relatively inexpensive. Um, it delivers very consistently high remarks, great NPS scores, um, and it's very good for your skin and, and no downtime. So it was something that we always kept an eye on. We had some partnerships with them when we were in Allergan, so I was aware of the brand. And when I raised the SPAC, it was, I had a list of, of companies that I admired that I wanted to acquire, Hydrofacial being the first uh, on that list. And fortunately, it worked out. Timing in life sometimes is, is everything. Um, and so if you recall, when I did it, we were in the middle of a lockdown. Um, and aesthetics, uh, and, and, and Steve Diane talked about this well, you know, aesthetics went to kind of zero for a short period of time, right? Everybody remembers that. Steve talked about his, you know, worrying about his practice uh, and what was going to happen. But everybody was worried. And I had, uh, you know, I had studied the data over years and years of what happens during tough times in the aesthetic marketplace. And I knew how resilient this market is. Um, and you know, 08, 09, you know, the Great Recession was a great proof point of that. And so my bet was that this was temporary and that it would come back and it would come back in force. And I happened to be right, so I was lucky. So I approached the owners of, of Hydrofacial Private Equity Firm in Chicago and I said, hey, you want to sell? And they were not sellers, but for that moment, I think, because Revenue was zero, and they were burning cash. And <laughs> Doc, who's the head of sales, is laughing because he remembers. Um, and so the timing in life was everything. And people thought, are you crazy? You're going to spend, I think it was about 900-some million dollars on a company that has gone to zero revenue. I said, it's going to come back. Don't worry. It, it will come back. And sure enough, uh, luckily, thank God, I was a little nervous. I have to admit, I didn't show my nervous, but I was nervous. Um, it came back, and, and not only came back, but but record comeback and, and sales and consumer demand and and you know that's true of lots of other services in this this uh area but uh timing in life was was really well and it's a great product and a great team and you doubled the sales and you have a brand new unit tell us a little bit about the new hydrofacial yeah so the key to to the new unit which is called sendeo is connectivity there are a lot of functional upgrades from the base um, a lot of workflow design lots of uh, better technology but the thing that gets me most excited, and, and perhaps I'm not doing the sales pitch that Doc would do, but um, is the connectivity. Ultimately, we will have a, a connected ecosystem with our providers and our, our consumers. Um, we'll be able to customize the hydrofacial experience for each patient, wherever they may be. We'll be able to interact with those patients. And, and then, of course, we'll also be able to get analytics and data for the providers to understand how they're using the machine, how they could better use the machine, how they could better train around the machine and deliver a better experience. So it's really a win-win across the entire continuum if, if done correctly. So just launched a few months ago off to, I mean, far exceeding our expectations, um, but very excited about uh, the enthusiasm for the, for the new machine. 
I know we have the new machine in the marina and love it. And yeah, that's uh, great. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> anything more with terms of hydrofacial you can share with us in terms of either serums or other things that you're uh, going to be adding to the line, and then we'll move yeah. on to beauty health. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I think the the key for us is is continuing to innovate. Um, one of the things that you know makes this one of my favorite meetings is it's all about innovation. And as someone who's deeply passionate about this field, um, you know, one of the things that I that gets me so excited is when I see real innovation, not me to innovation or incremental, but real innovation coming into the marketplace. Now there's a there's a role for me to you know incremental innovation, but but there's a tremendous need for breakthrough innovation. Um, and we have to continue to challenge ourselves to do more, and that's what we're doing at, at Beauty Health. We're looking at new ways of using the technology, like the scalp and the skinification of hair. Um, we're looking at new serums and boosters and technologies to put in um, the skin or the scalp as we go. And we're looking for, for more um, uh, democratization ways of delivering that to bring more people, more consumers into the funnel for all the technologies that everybody's talking about here today as well. Thank you. Now, looking forward, Beauty Health, in particular, Beauty Health Company. Are you in the buying mood? Yeah, so one of the things that, that, that probably separates us from, from other companies that started in our, our, our genre of, of, of launched a year and a half ago is we, we did a, uh, a convertible security um, several months ago when the markets were very strong. Um, and we raised uh, close to a billion dollars, 900 and some million dollars of cash, which we now have on our balance sheet. And so we're, we are acquisitive. We are looking for other brands, other technologies, other innovations um, to add to the portfolio. And, and as Andrew mentioned during his presentation, our, our center of the universe is the esthetician. Um, and so, you know, when I came from Allergan, our center of the universe was the board certified dermatologist or plastic surgeon, as you know. Um, we call that our core customer. Here, our, 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 our uh, center of the universe is a, is a different provider who has largely been, you know, somewhat ignored by, by the industry because of they're kind of at the bottom of the food chain of, in terms of education and training. But we're really committed to that training and really committed to bringing, mostly I'll say her because they're mostly female, bringing her new innovations, new tools to support their medical office, their spa, whatever it may be. And, and we view her really as the entry point for the category. And so if we can expand that funnel, everybody does well. And that's why we call ourselves an and company. We really don't view ourselves as competing with anybody, but really supporting the entire uh, industry. A couple questions. In terms of acquisition, what's your uh, appetite? Is it device? Is it topical? Uh, Transdermal. Uh, we've heard about some exosomes. We've heard yeah. about different technologies here. Yeah, I'm what's super your, excited your... about the exosomes and, and and the future and the the the, the gene editing and then uh, cell therapies and everything else that is out there. But look, I think for us, it, it's about a proven brand. It's about real innovation. We again, we're looking for things that can add to that and story. We're not looking to to you know compete with the next let's say energy device that plugs into the wall and 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 you know is just incrementally better in some facet versus something else that's out there. We want something that's truly differentiated. Um, and we're looking at big, small, and everything in between. So um, very open-minded about it, but, but want something truly novel. So since your primary thrust now is estheticians, how do the physici physician fit into your plan? Are you going to ignore us? No, never. Look, I mean, the esthetician works for you, right? How many do you have? Maybe, maybe not. Yes. But, but, but look, I think the way 
we see it is, is you know, our biggest customers, frankly, are plastic surgeons. They own the most machines. Um, and they're, Thank you. I was looking for that. Yeah, no, and, and, they're, <laughs> and they're, they are the, the incredibly important customer base, but, but let's be fair. How many plastic surgeons actually do a hydrofacial? None, Zip. right? Um, this is about extending your practice, extending your ability to, to build your funnel, to bring more people and give more satisfaction into your, you know, your surgery. And I always think about it as the funnel is, mm-hmm. you know, as a plastic surgeon, you guys are really good at it. That you know, other medical professionals need to learn from this. The extender, the use of the esthetician, the nurse, you know, to do the whether it be cool sculpting or or mirror dry. We were just talking about with session um, or or hydrofacial, and then migrate them back into injectables. And then back into surgery is the, the, the best way to run that, that practice. And so we're at the very front of it, and we want you to be the best at the very back of it, operating in the room where, where you've been trained to do it. Um, same with the dermatologists. We'd love to see them extend more. Um, they are starting to do it. Um, and and th- that's great for everybody because not everybody can come in and afford, you know, uh, I'm going to say Botox because I'm loyal to Botox, but, you know, a, a $2,000 or $2,400 Botox session, right? They want to start with $150, get comfortable with the provider, and then move into you know, the injectables uh, perhaps a year or two into their experience. And that's where hydrofacial has been so terrific in terms of patient acquisition. And as you right. say, the funnel upwards right on through the process, culminating for the plastic surgeons with surgery and the dermatologists, the things that they're doing the best. Absolutely. The so position. we all have a role to play, and we want to play our role exquisitely well, but we want to stay in our lane at that front end. I agree with you very much. Um, before we get to your predictions, first of all, wasn't Steve Diane's talk extraordinary? Let's hear it for Steve Diane. Boy, Steve, you crushed it. And I couldn't agree with you more. And we saw, we all lived through that. And just as you said, uh, we came back way stronger. And we, and we didn't know if it was pent up demand, if it was warehousing, if it would peter out. but. Not at all. It just continues to go, to ramp up. The curve is actually escalating and, and accelerating, and we're seeing not only non-surgicals but surgicals uh, consumption just unbelievable. Having said that, and I know you said you agree with that and you studied it and predicted it. Good for you. Um, I also saw it after 9/11. So 9/11 and 27 yeah, and eight, we saw this surge, and now we have a surge. But I think it's going to continue because uh, we also have the younger patients. Uh, utilizing the services. We have extra cash in the system and a lot of reasons for it uh, accelerating and growing. Having said that, um, every time we do a technology of beauty, I always ask the guests to look in their crystal ball that they brought. And you've been in this industry long enough now and I see it sticking out of your coat pocket there. Pull that crystal ball out and (laughs) please tell us what you see for our industry. (laughs) This is Aesthetic Innovation Summit not just for you as your company and so forth, but give us some insight. You've studied this. Give us a sort of a one, five, ten-year picture. If we're here ten years from now, five years from now, which I hope we are, uh, what type of innovations are we going to be looking at? What's the market going to look like? The consumer, the device, whatever. Give us some insight. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my thought is, and I, I see it happening. I see the green shoots, you know, just even in some of the presentations we, we just saw from the, the great you know, innovators, uh, companies that, that were here, is science is really converging into this space. And, you know, there was a time there were just a handful of companies that were really committed to, to true R&D and bringing novel science um, solutions to issues that we face in the aesthetics uh, uh, world. And, you know, now 
there's lots of it. There are lots of private equity. There are lots of venture funding. The big companies are supporting it. Um, uh, you know, doctors are behind it. Um, physicians are, are inspired by it. And so, you know, my sense is, uh, you know, the development cycle for real science to solve some of these problems is several years. And so, you know, we're at the very beginning of it. Um, and I, I suspect over the next five, 10 years, we'll see a bunch of those fail because that's the way science works. And we'll see a bunch of them succeed. And that's going to be great for patients. That's going to be great for physicians to have better tools to, to provide solutions. And it's going to be better. It's going to make the market bigger, stronger, better. Um, so we have some great products today. We have some mediocre products today. I think, Steve, you said 90% satisfaction um, was your threshold. I, I, I actually think it's even higher as someone had to sell them. You just had to deliver them. But, but you know, aesthetic medicine is cash pay, and people want it to work every time. They're not sick. And so I used to, to say to pharma CEOs all the time, this, because they kind of laughed about aesthetic medicine, I said, our standard's higher. If you have a, you know, a drug that works 30% of the time, um, it gets approved and it's a, it could be a blockbuster. You can't have a, an aesthetic drug that works 30% of the time. You'll, get, you, you'll piss off 70% of your patients, they'll never come back. Um, and so you know, we have very high standards in this industry. So uh, I'm super excited about where the science is leading us. Um, it's, it's great to see that uh, really come to the forefront more than it ever has. Um, and the market will just continue to expand and grow if we all do our jobs to, to continue to promote real innovation and real science in this industry. Absolutely. Well, every week I get a chance to interview the movers and shakers of the beauty business, and clearly today was no exception. Thank you, Brent. Appreciate all your insight and your friendship. Yeah, likewise. <laughs>